second it hurt my eyes i was trying to play vermintide and like that game <laughs> reading already has the ui pretty, well it just already has pretty like built-in motion blur that like uh, you can't really do a whole lot about I I think it's just like the art off. style it's just tough on like a phone i got a pretty big screen the actual but, fidelity like, of it looked pretty good when oh, i was watching you incredible. play halo it looked good but it was skipping i brought up i was like maybe well there's like 40 people in this house right now maybe too many are on the Wi-Fi, and you're like, no, it was like this before. <laughs> yeah, I mean, graphically, over, so. it's incredible. Yeah. I mean, if you got a decent phone, it'll show up like 100 fucking percent. Yeah, it definitely looks sharp, but... I played Halo on it a little bit. I don't know if that's the bit. ideal way to... It's hard. I was telling Chris... That the, clamp the, thing you got was cool. The thing that, <laughs> the thing that's selling me more on xCloud than yes. Stadia is just like... Oh, yeah, we'd be here all night if we're talking about Stadia's If I was going right to have xCloud and have that controller set up Bluetooth to my phone, that would be for when, like, I'm away from a TV and it would be inconvenient for me. Mm-hmm. Like, I was saying I went, you know, I went home for Thanksgiving to my parents' house, and it's like I was just sitting there not doing anything for a while. I could have brought that with me and played a game, and it was fine for that, but it's like when yeah. I'm sitting right in front of my TV, obviously the <laughs> Xbox is better than... <laughs> yeah. But you have both options. I'm sure there are... Yeah, that's yeah. true. And I'm sure there are games that lend itself... Much better to a service because like, it's everything that's on Game Pass right now. No, a, oh no, it's not. It's not. It's a complete. So like, it's a Soul, separate list. Soul Caliber and Tekken are on there. I played Tekken when I was showing Jason, and it the input lag is was real is noticeable real in there. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah. in a fighting game, I mean, but the input lag wasn't bad for Halo or Devil May Cry or um, Vermintide. Like the is DMC lag. Five was on there. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the input lag wasn't bad. It's the streaming, which very well could be my phone or the Wi-Fi or who knows. Yeah, I guess there's a lot of factors kind of to test that out. I mean, so it's but still that's the whole point. So it's not like that's true. Yeah, and it's still just for Android devices. Yes. right now. Okay. Yeah, suck it. <laughs> but it has it has a lot of potential. Did you use Chris's phone or did you use the tablet? I used Chris's phone and then I used my roommate's old phone. Okay. It does work on tablets, though, right? I wonder if maybe that fixes some of the problems. At that point, you might as well just play on the fucking TV. (laughs) Well, yeah, the the question becomes, like, if I'm in a hotel and they have their shitty Wi-Fi, how well does it work? Because the funny thing is, Stadia won't let you play on your data plan. Wait, really? xCloud will. Because they don't give a fuck. Yeah. (laughs) So. Stream a game 900 gigabytes into your plan later. (laughs) I wonder how well it works on, like, LTE. How much data does, like, does streaming 4K use? 20 gigabytes an hour. My plan's about to reset. We could use my rollover data to see how good it looks without my <laughs> Wi-Fi. Yeah. I think I'm on unlimited data now. Yeah. It's using a lot with work and everything. But, yeah, there's there's a lot of promise to it in being supplemental to the Xbox, not... Yeah, it's, not it's being, a compliment. Because it's, like, like it's weird, Stadia's service. whole pitch... Is that it's its own platform. Is that it's its own yeah. platform, which is cool, because then they're like, you're using our hardware, and it's like, yeah, but your hardware doesn't work well when my internet sucks, you know? <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I said earlier. I was like, what is it? You can have all the fucking best computers and hardware in the world. Don't make a shit of difference if I can't get the game to me. That's why I thought lobbyists would sort of... Turns out if you text a game to somebody's phone, it doesn't run that well. (laughs) So, what are you going to do? When does xCloud fully roll out? Or they've not announced Uh, it? I think it rolls out with Scarlet. Oh, okay. I think it'll be in beta until end of next year. The Xbox 2, which will become to be known soon. Yeah. And when does Stadia have their full rollout? Uh, it says next weeks year. ago. 
Well, no, that's oh, still February. the beta test. Okay, <laughs> February 2020. All right, which it's is when... from the last thing I read about it is like <laughs> is stupid. They should be rolling out two years from now. <laughs> yeah, they. they well, think they doing... jumped the gun. The Founders Edition came with three free months of that Stadia Pro. It launches fully when that ends for the people that got it on launch day. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope they're all happy. I don't. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So in July of last year, our show covered the great PSN hack of 2011. The outage, of course, being the result of a major denial-of-service attack. However, that was just for PlayStation services. Folks that were trying to access their online features for their PS3s, PSPs, Curiosity, or whatever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Curiosity. But what if instead of just Sony users or gamers being affected by an incident, that it was practically everyone in the entire country or even world that felt the impact of the same cybercrime? Mm -hmm. What if instead of not being able to play the new SOCOM, you couldn't even stream a movie or listen to your saved playlist or buy something from the internet's biggest online retailer check your credit card info maybe look up the news to see what the fuck is exactly going on to no avail well in 2016 that essentially happened and the reason how is likely not at all what you would think i'm randall beatrice here as always with austin blakesley and chris yeah, yeah. anantuano hey it's cold and rainy outside so what do you all say we get warm and dry with another episode of hot button oh hot button i get it <laughs> and, and oh, it's cold yes. out. Yeah. What if whoever's watching this, it's listening. It's in the summertime. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> you're all cozy wrapped in a blanket right I now. I am. So. I'm fucking. But we, I might have some low energy today. We had a party <laughs> last night for our we did holidays. We all woke up around noon. Yeah. <laughs> so rather than have me spoil our center of the story right away, Austin, what do you say we just uh, hop on into it? Yep. Get right in. I will say to preface this, this is probably the least video game related story we're probably going to cover in a while. There, I mean, yeah, but the arguably the biggest game in the universe is kind of at the crux of it. Yeah, like it, that's yeah, true. Which but, I think is um, super interesting. I'm actually, before you start, I am kind of surprised like how few people, I think, really know this full yeah, story. I mean... And despite how many were affected, like... Yeah, you might... When I get to it, you might remember the incident happening. You probably just don't know why. Yes, after the fact. But in the moment, I did not really know. Yeah. That was a weird day. <laughs> yes. So, on September 19th, 2016, a French company by the name of OVH was hit with a DDoS attack, also known as Distributed Denial Service. This attack was said to be 100 times larger than your average DDoS attack. Um, before the problem was figured out, the same network was used to perform another attack on a company called DYN. I think it's Dyn, but I'm not sure. They're owned by Oracle. Big, big company. Yeah, I know Oracle. Um, in it. Mm -hmm. Data Dyn. It's one of the bad guys from Perfect Dark. Cyberdyne? Oh, yeah, it was Data Dyn. <laughs> yeah. So what's Cyberdyne from? Terminator. Right, right. Um, this company provides DNS services for some of the Internet's biggest websites. Do you know what DNS is? Is that uh, that came before or after the 2DS? <laughs> <laughs> that's, the, that's the NDS, not the DNS. Oh, okay. <laughs> DNS stands for Domain Name Service. Yes. Basically, when you type Google.com into your browser, it gets sent to a oh, search. Oh, I don't get to. They turned the browser into a search engine because they owned yeah. the world. Yeah. That's, what, that's what you see every time you have a problem connecting to yep. it. Yeah. Your, your, the URL is sent to a server. That server finds the IP address of the server that that website is hosted at and then sends you to it. Yeah. So if that goes down... Then some of the Internet's biggest websites go down with it, including Netflix, Reddit, Ooh. Twitter, Ooh. Amazon, Wiki, Jeez. 
all the wikis, Spotify, <laughs> as well as some service providers like Comcast, Verizon, and DirecTV. Nobody big. News sites like CNN, BBC, Fox News, The Wall Street Journal, and some financial companies <laughs> like Visa and PayPal, as well as game services like our sound guy's favorite, Elder Scrolls Online. Oh, no. Uh, Second Life, Origin, <laughs> RuneScape, as well as the PSN and Xbox Live. So I'm going to take a bet now that 100% of the people that are listening... <laughs> felt this in some way. If you were using the internet at around 4 p.m. in October of 2016 on one day, then what yes. Day of the, it was a weekday. I, I don't know what day of the week it was. But. <laughs> and that's not the full list of sites, by the way. No, That was yeah. a cherry-picked list of big sites. There are a lot smaller that, that sites. That are the biggest. All of those yeah. are the biggest sites on the internet. Yeah. I remember being very confused. That list is a lot larger than that. I uh, think it, I was checking the weather when I noticed that something was wrong. <laughs> like, yes, weather.com also. Yeah. But this was the biggest attack of its kind to ever happen. Yes. And it took the internet down for about two whole hours. That record has yet to be And ended up since. costing all of those businesses so much money that it has never been reported how much, because it might actually destroy the economy <laughs> if they report how much money they lost. There were some, like, loose kind of theories floating around about uh, how much Amazon lost just in direct revenue from yep. purchases. From being down for two hours. Yeah, and it was absurd yes <laughs> it was in the several billions or something uh, <laughs> like two hours not to mention the fact that amazon also hosts a lot of these websites through yes, aws that is true but why was this attack performed was it someone trying to bring capitalism down yeah was it someone trying to disrupt the flow of information in the crucial lead up to the 2016 presidential election yeah that was happening a month later yeah and how did it get the tools to perform such an attack I'm going to go put my bets out now. All these big services, they're trying to fuck with the internet. It's got to be hackers, thinking big, big-time hackers, like on an island and Javier Bardem's their leader. <laughs> like that kind of hacker. That's right. He's the one, right? From Skyfall. It's the trailer next door. You yeah, may, that was, yeah. It, that was okay. him in, in Skyfall. You may think it's some sort of organized terrorist group, but what if I told you it was a bunch of Minecraft players? <laughs> <laughs> So? Well, Chris was a Minecraft player, yeah. so, so this he had is something where, to tell us. This is where your expertise might come in handy, Chris, because <laughs> I personally, don't crucify me for this, but I personally do not like Minecraft. That's all right. I have never, we always knew you were a piece of shit. Yeah, that's <laughs> fair. Um, I, have I never, like Minecraft, I just never got super deep into I have into never the... played in on a private server in Minecraft. Yes. So maybe... And that's that. If yeah, that's could go the baddest of ass players. They work. That's what they do. It's a pet. I don't, I don't have know. Have you ever paid for a server? No, but I have hosted my own realm for a long time, and we used to play on a private server that was owned by a friend of ours. Okay, uh, I think he a paid for of my it. friends. I remember who? Uh, yes, I'm thinking. I'm okay. No, there was like a, a friend of mine. It's probably unrelated to what you're thinking. Okay, of. I might be thinking of someone else. Yeah, but, but uh, that, that he hosted the server, so we didn't pay for it. But it was relatively cheap. But yeah. I played Minecraft so, on split screen. On Minecraft. The Xbox. I was say, me and that we far, former <laughs> guest fun. Chelsea played Minecraft when it was just like. In its infancy? Yeah, not yeah. even titled Minecraft, <laughs> just like some whatever so, internet game. It is wild to see how much that game evolved in like 10 years. It's, yeah. it's an interesting multiplayer experience because. In order to play Minecraft multiplayer in the very beginning, like there were no servers being hosted by Mojang. Yeah. So in order to do that, they gave you the technology to host your own servers, but you can't just run a server, you have to host that server yeah. somewhere. And in order for a Minecraft server to be hosted, it has to be up 24-7, right? Yeah. And something cool, just a little snippet from those early Minecraft servers, there's no way to describe this. Like, it's an odd 
experience that I've never been able to quite like put into words when I describe somebody. So why not try it now? While I'm recording. <laughs> yeah. Right. There's first servers for such. So you go get the concept of Minecraft. It's like if you don't, then like, would you fuck even listen to this podcast? <laughs> no offense. I just just Google it. You know, blocks every Interac- area. Interactive Legos. Yeah. Every space of the world is blocks. That includes air, whatever, etc. And the early worlds all had boundaries. Like I guess nowadays theoretically Minecraft's infinite. I think like a NASA computer people, tried to yeah, take it to the distance or something. It, it, the game gets all fucked up yeah. and like crazy. Because like it can't like render the world at the yeah, same time. It's but, uh, cool. It'll build the sky they, upside they down. They used to have boundaries. So like these early servers, because nobody knew how to build anything, there was no crafting yet, by the way. It was just blocks and you place them and remove them instantly. What? Yeah. So there was no crafting. It was just place a block or destroy a block instantly. Yeah, that was like the beta of Minecraft. Yeah, and there were all these different kinds of blocks, maybe like 30, 40 different kinds of blocks, and people didn't know what to do or anything. So servers, like especially free ones that were just open, people would just get on and you'd go like, huh, I'll just put some blocks down and hop on top of them and keep pressing them until I get higher and higher just to <laughs> break see, through the ceiling just the- to see how high the map is and then eventually you'd reach the top and then you'd be like oh cool I got this tower then you jump off because there's no fall damage or death yeah. or anything and then you land and you're like alright what do I do okay picture that but that happened millions of times so early servers were worlds I call them like block worlds where people would literally exist in these worlds where they were carving out like Picture somebody did that, and the entire map was like a solid block, and people were carving out the inside, <laughs> building stuff inside of it. That's so we'd cool. have servers where, like, we would like—I remember there was one—we removed the ceiling for a big chunk of it so we could see like the sky and the sun and like the clouds in the game. And Cat we had like a whole like city built, and we cleared out a big open space. We had a town. We had a bunch of people with us. I was the mayor. It was a weird time. <laughs> does that does that still exist in some way? No, it's, it's absolutely be not. And there, this is where griefers became a thing. These were people. Because you could just destroy blocks. You could, yeah. Who would just come and destroy everything you made? Oh, man. No matter how much time you spent <laughs> working on it. So you also had to, like, hide your city. So, like, the bigger you got, the more risk you had of it being destroyed. But you wanted to build cool, yeah. big things. I like this Minecraft Wild West. So, like, before... It was, and it had so many layers. People built them, like, and it was like a jungle. Picture a jungle of different blocks of different colors and sizes everywhere. And you were, like, to navigate it. And I remember one time our town got destroyed. And one of the guys who was, like, part of our town was like... Come with me. And he had dug an entire new city underneath that was hidden <laughs> from the other one. And then we eventually, everybody on our server moved a layer down from where the griefers were. Closer hang to out. the center of the earth. Yeah. Just get, eventually, you break into the Stanley Parable. Well, we did. <laughs> we all, everybody built like right above like the bedrock level. And that's where like our whole area was because it was like 20 or 30 blocks of buffer room and then the open area. And then the roof was just random. It was, it's no way to describe it. I have to draw it for you or something. Yeah, (laughs) it's just like absurd. (laughs) If anybody was playing Minecraft in these days, you remember because that shit was awesome. That's kind of that's pretty rad. Actually, so you connect to multiplayer in these early days of Minecraft by basically just entering an IP address, right? Yeah, Yeah, that's like classic PC games. These IP address had to be hosted somewhere, and there were hosting companies who built entire businesses around charging money to host these servers twenty four seven. Hmm. Uh, Amazon AWS, I, I mentioned them earlier. That's a that's a big one. Yeah. But, you know, you would charge money to host the server, and the cost would vary depending on the size of the world and the amount of players that could connect to it. And you host it 24-7, so anybody can jump in whenever they want, and they can hop out whenever they want. 
Um, by, by 2016, by the way, all that stuff I was talking about was long like, fucking... Yeah, it was out. Yeah. yeah. 2016 is like, you're talking like... This is like yeah. late Minecraft, yeah. 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 Um, By this point, it was already available on every platform yeah. as well. Yeah. You're essentially hosting like a mini MMO server for you and your friends. And yeah. I think the costs for some of these servers were around about the price of like a... Yeah, like a monthly... Like a $15 a month, month. like WoW or something like yeah. that. having a vent server. This became more than just a hobby for some people... Some people formed entire businesses around just hosting these. As the bigger Minecraft became, the bigger these companies that hosted servers became. And with all the money that came I mean, in that from that... that makes sense. Came, Minecraft was literally the biggest game Came competition. Oh, like with other with sites other also hosting. trying to make yeah. money. Yeah. So, I'm going to go back a little bit, talk about something called a DDoS attack, which I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Stands for Distributed Denial of Service Attack. I think you mentioned this a little bit in our uh, 2011 PSN. Yes. Now, people would often find competing server hosting things for Minecraft, and they would DDoS these Minecraft hosts in order to make servers inaccessible or to make them run slower, which would cause players to be like, I'm playing 15 bucks a month for this shit. Yeah. I'm done. And then someone else would come in and be like, by the way... inception-level corporate espionage. (laughs) By the way, our server doesn't do that. And you're like, okay. And then they hop, they jump ship. Now, if you don't know what a DDoS is, it is essentially when you log into a website of any kind, you're hitting a server. And that server, you give it your information, name and password usually, it pings the server. The server says, yep, that checks out. That person is registered. And then it comes back and then unlocks it and lets you into the website. But if that server is down, then even if you have the right name and password, you might not be able to log in. Yeah. People create what are known as botnets, which is a series of infected computers around the world whose whole point is when the time comes and somebody pulls the trigger... Those computers will use some of their power to try to log into a server all at once. Mm -hmm. And if the server is overwhelmed with requests to log in, the server goes boom. Yeah. And then nobody can log in. This has been used to take down a lot of companies. Like Randy mentioned, we covered one, the Sony PSN hack. Yes. Although that was eventually taken down later because they were worried people were stealing information. Yeah, that was was them themselves. But, I mean, DDoS attacks happen quite frequently i mean there's cases in gaming like i don't remember exactly what year it was but there was one case where like somebody was mad at microsoft and sony yeah and they took down the psn xbox live on christmas day because they're like i don't want new kids playing i remember and i remember (laughs) who did it too but i don't want to i don't think we should give him any credit oh yeah i think i remember who did it too um (laughs) one of those stupid groups of teenagers with stupid names um (laughs) there's hot button (laughs) Um, biting the hand that feeds us. Because these DDoS attacks became so popular for this competition between Minecraft servers, another industry popped up around them, Minecraft DDoS mitigation, which what? is basically there are whole entire businesses out there for professional services that, like, they say, if you get a bunch of data all at once, if you get a bunch of users logging in at once, we will kick some of them out before they can mm. have a chance to ping the server. Some interesting protection, I guess. And that way, <laughs> your site won't go down. And this is another big money thing. But again, this is for, like, Facebook, not really, like, people hosting private <laughs> gaming servers, but Minecraft got so big that this became a thing. How do you advertise that business? Like, what a weird... <laughs> This, this kind of halted the progress. There were a lot of very popular botnets in the world that people could, like, rent time with to use to do these attacks. But these mitigation services were very good at stopping these botnets. 
So this kind of slowed the whole war on people DDoSing each other's services. Since these botnets were pretty amateur and lacked the power to take down, you know, you could take down like somebody's like host gator thing where they're hosting right, Minecraft yeah. servers, but you can't take down Oracle if they're providing the thing or, yeah. you know, whatever. Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> so these large hosting companies stepped in to make some money and started mitigating DDoS. And this is where our main player of the story, Mirai, enters the game. Mirai. Mirai. M-I-R-A-I. A new malware created for DDoSing had popped up, and it was known as Mirai. Now, have you guys ever heard the term IOT? Or I guess the abbreviation, acronym. IOT. I've seen it. Okay. Does that count? Yeah, sure. <laughs> so IOT is, is, is called the Internet of Things. All right. And basically, something that is, sounds stupid. Something is labeled as an IoT device when it is made to be kind of automated, when it automatically communicates with the internet without need for user input. Right? You know, you like, like an ATM, more like a <laughs> ring doorbell or a smart fridge. Oh, okay, or like so a stupid smart TV. Stupid crap. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Some routers. Okay. Are labeled as IoT is devices. It just, like for the most part of just like collecting and sending data to yeah, to it's a not server. Doing anything fancy, yeah. right? Some cars probably. Something that has permission to ping the internet without you telling it to essentially. Okay. And I mean cell phones and computers also do yeah, this. Yeah, that kind of describes everything that connects. But they like, do a lot more than that. If your computer is being used with malware on it to do some devious shit and you're using mm-hmm. your computer, you're usually able to know, but like nobody's going to know that there's smart fridges not being used. Uh, to <laughs> not if you're 55 years old. Those webcams be watching. So, so and Mar- they've seen me do a lot of jerking my fists as I slam the table from many, many a nights being frustrated playing uh, Overwatch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and also masturbating. <laughs> At so the same time. Overwatch porn. <laughs> So this Mirai network was meant to scan the internet for these devices, these Internet of Things devices. Things like, I said, internet accessing cameras, routers, internet thermostats, baby monitors, smart fridges. Basically anything that ran Linux on a back end and was meant to not really have much interaction from the user. Now, the malware would scan the internet for these devices. What's Linux? You want to get into that right now? No, I don't. (laughs) Um, It's like Windows, but not as good. Sorry to anybody who likes Linux. Um, There goes the other half of the audience. I'm just trying to alienate everybody. Now, the malware would download itself onto these devices, and then here's the apparently genius part of this thing, which I thought this would be self-explanatory, but it was programmed to know the default username and password of a bunch of different devices and so if you didn't change the default username and password which a lot of people don't Mm. this thing would infect whatever device it was and then it would go in there it would delete any competing malware that was on your device so that it was the only thing that was able to use that device (laughs) badass and then it would install itself and then it would establish a bunch of connections over certain ports for further spreading and attacking. Great. That's so pretty it's, nefarious. So it? its creators released it into the wild, and it spread fast. In 20 hours, Mirai had infected around 65,000 IoT devices. 
I mean, I mean, I assume you'll get into it, but was what was the motivation? Did he just want to see what it would do, or I'll get into it? Okay, <laughs> but, <laughs> not um, that there always wait, needs to be. Like, a, wait, what do you mean these were connected and had access to certain usernames? Like, what could your smart fridge be logging into? What What do you mean by that? Administration service, like a router, you can just use, right? But there's like a admin name and password to get into the settings of the thing, if if need be, like uh, a, like a okay, like all a right, debug right. menu or okay, an administrator okay. mode. I see. Okay, I see. Yeah. Never mind. And the network proceeded from that 65,000 to double in size every hour. Holy shit. uh, Eventually infecting around 600,000 devices. That is some Skynet-ass shit that we... (laughs) Now, this network was used for a number of attacks. It all started with trains. Oh, roads. Let's build a road, they said. (laughs) And all of a sudden, my Minecraft teens are trying to kill me. (laughs) Yeah. The first notable attack made by the Mirai network was on a service called OVH, which is an internet service provider in France. Now, here's where the kicker comes in. Most DDoS attacks, they overload the server using bandwidth, right? Servers only can handle a certain amount of incoming and outgoing bandwidth. Most DDoS attacks are responsible for around 10 to 20 gigabits per second of data flooding a server. And some of the more popular botnets of their day were able to handle up to 50 gigabits per second, which is, again, a lot for certain servers to handle. And it's enough for big mitigation services to kind of deflect. Yeah. Um, Mirai's attack on OVH was estimated at around 1.1 terabits per second. Holy at its shit. Peak. Boy. So that's like exponentially larger that's than like anything. Like two hundred. So that was the idea to turn this thing into a botnet. I guess yes. is what you're saying. Yeah. So they got all these devices, and then all of these devices would log in all at once. And the more important thing about Mirai is that a you, lot of technically you could log in from your smart baby monitor to a Minecraft server. Yes. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> not to be able to do anything with it, but yeah. A lot of botnets were designed to attack a singular IP address. Yeah. Mirai was meant to be sent to a server, scan that server for any connected IPs, and take every IP with it along the way. And that's another important facet of this botnet okay. versus other botnets. And it could because of the amount of fucking yes. shit it could flood. Again, why target OVH, right? I mean, they're a giant service <clears throat> provider. They're a cloud computing company. They're worth billions of dollars. Yeah. Do you want to take them down for capitalism? Are you a competing service? Well, no. It turns out <laughs> OVH is also popular for a service called VAC, and no, not the Valve one. <laughs> but this is a DDoS mitigation service that was very popular in the Minecraft community. Yeah, according to this article I found, it said that they made a few hundred thousand dollars a month just from, yeah, like, donations, I mm-hmm. guess? Like, it, geez... Yep. Now, a very important character in our story who I'm going to introduce, a man by the name of Krebs, who has a website called Krebs on Security. He is an internet security expert. Okay. He's worked with some really big companies kind of as a consultant, but he has his own website. And the whole point is it's just a blog investigating these kind of attacks, you know. When new technology comes out, he investigates that That's kind of thing. Okay. That's pretty cool. Um, yeah. He ran an investigation on this OVH attack to kind of figure out, like, this is a big deal. Like, how did this come to be? Who created it? Blah, blah, blah. So, obviously, the next target was his website. Oh. His website was taken down for four whole days. He had his own DDoS mitigation service through Akamai which people may recognize as the DDoS mitigation service also provided to League of Legends. Mm. 
However, Akamai quickly dropped him as they were unable to do anything and the cost of trying to defend him was getting too great. Fuck. And as a hacker, I guess, when you're attacking the people who are trying to call you out, you're in for some shit. Yeah, especially then, because now you've made, yeah. like, an active effort to, like, silence somebody. You got the guy who exposes who does this shit, and you yeah. attacked him. So, how do you throw investigators off the scent? Well, if you're a cartel, you just, you just kill all the journalists. Yeah, but what if... <laughs> What if, let's say, you're a bunch of sweaty guys at computers and you can't kill all the journalists? Ooh. <laughs> now, do these programs, can they make the smart fridge move? <laughs> no. <laughs> or, okay. I would say a prank war, obviously. Mm. No. Oh. So here's what you do for those of you trying to get into the hacking game. You post your code because okay. up until now, every attack performed was performed by whoever wrote this botnet. Okay, so, this, so someone else can weaponize it? Once the code is out there... Everybody can start using your botnet code oh. and trying to make their own botnets, which makes it very hard for internet security experts to track who is doing what. So this is essentially like a Covering story about, your tracks. Yeah, because you wouldn't know where it was born. And should be mentioned that our mystery creators of Mirai are not responsible for the attack on Dyne. The one that took down the internet. They were just responsible for creating the. They created the botnet, the botnet. and then they released the code to cover their tracks, <laughs> which let other people use it. Right now, I have a quote here from an internet security expert who said they thought that they were creating a gun, and they accidentally created the Manhattan Project. <laughs> <laughs> so they're essentially open sourcing a nuke. Oh boy! You're you're giving the keys. You're giving, on yeah. that. <laughs> you're giving the keys to the missiles to the entire internet, which is very bad. So who exactly is responsible for Mirai? Was it somebody who watched The Joker in Dark Knight? <laughs> yeah, you gotta go back well, to 2016. To that, we're gonna default to the journalist I mentioned, Krebs. Now, again, like I said... He made it, and then he attacked himself to Inside cover his tracks. <laughs> no, that would've been something else, but no. Uh, he got to digging, because he was personally attacked, so now it's personal for him, yeah. I guess. Yeah, duh. Um, yeah. <laughs> now, like I said... Uh, Mirai is not the first botnet to be created using the Internet of Things devices. But as they get more advanced, they get more powerful in, they, in their ability to do certain things. But a lot of the IoT botnets that had been used in the past had been used to take down Minecraft servers. Mm -hmm. Like I said. And one company that provided such protection against these uh, Minecraft DDoS attacks was a company by the name of ProxyPipe who was hit with an attack by Mirai's predecessor, the botnet known as QBot. Hmm. And here's where we get into the fun hacker names. All of these attacks... Can you tell me Proxy Pipe and QBot? <laughs> we are oh, in our in projected the world, hacker, yeah. hacker characters. <laughs> Proxy Pipe was attacked because people were trying to show that they were not that good at mitigating stuff, I guess. And all of these attacks were performed by a group called LELDDOS. L-E-L-D-D-O-S. Man, okay, <laughs> just a little, just a little rant, real, real quick. Yeah, get on it. I am very into crimes. Okay, <laughs> Commi 
Commit them all you want. No. Go on. No. Speak into my chest as well. I love the idea of like hackers fighting the power via computers, yeah. being today's activists. Yeah. You know what I mean? I activists. Love, yes, I love all of that. It's very cool. And fuck it, I'm even like a little bit into like just fucking with people sometimes if it's like you know worth it or if it's like <laughs> harmless enough. But it's like, where did it come from with the whole like lol sec, lol das? Like I don't like, dude. You have the opportunity here to become the cool fucking future we all desire. And it's like none of you all look like Matthew Lillard from fucking hackers. Everybody, listen up, hackers of the world. They cool a, names, man. Yeah. Why isn't that called like the Cyber Fox Initiative? <laughs> right. Steel uh, Edge. That's not that good. We'll, we'll workshop that one a little bit. <laughs> yeah, when you look, just take some time on it though. I when agree. When you think back yes. to, our, to our Eve Online episode and the names that they were able to yeah. come up with, yeah, yeah, that was great. Band of Brothers and all <laughs> yeah. that shit. Well, what was the, the Red Swarm yeah, Alliance? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was great. Yeah, it's just like, come on, man. Lol Das. Yeah. Yeah. Lol Das. That could have been... Anything else. Yeah, it could have been Red Saber Union. <laughs> what yeah. am I, a fucking internet name generator right now? Yeah. <laughs> Blue Gun Force. <laughs> now. I like color. Color weapon. It's just color, like, <laughs> color weapon and then like a, an organization. organization. Yeah, it's just like... Yeah. <laughs> The, we'll give you Chris's PayPal yeah, in the, in the, the link green, for this. Green like, Rocket Federation. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you this one free. The Orange Flail Confederacy. <laughs> That's it. Tweet your own hack group names in the format of color, weapon, organization, hashtag hot button. <laughs> the Mauve Taser. Uh, <laughs> you used all the good names for the, for the last one. Coalition. You already said coalition and organization and union. Oh, you can keep using them. Government. Government. State. Yeah. <laughs> what about the zero zero one FD five? Decimal codes for decimal. colors. <laughs> That'd still be cooler than Lelda. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Start using the Crayola like macaroni and cheese and, and all that. <laughs> all right, that's getting tough. <laughs> But now that our group was discovered, at the same time, a company by the name of ProTraf, P-R-O-T-R-A-F, was courting customers away from ProxyPipe. They were trying to say, keep getting DDoS. We're not getting DDoS. Why don't you come over here? Mm, I see where this is going. And our journalist, there were two employees that he found at ProTraf. He was able to get a hold of one of them, who was a former employee by the name of Amar Zuberi. There were two other employees of ProTref that were, according to Zuberi, also members of Leldados. And those two employees were named Hosea White and ProTref CEO Paris Ja. Now, when this code was posted to the website that I forgot to mention earlier named hackforums.com, another great name, just so descriptive. <laughs> Nobody would ever go looking there for something nefarious. <laughs> the user that posted the code was named Anna Senpai. <laughs> um, Anna Senpai was an active member of Hack Forums and was responsible for a lot of posts on there, so our journalists dug through their posting history. Mm -hmm. And they happened upon a coding resume that they had posted in order to become part of a certain group 
on hack forums. And in this resume, it said that they were very good with Java, C++, C, C Sharp, all of the languages that we know, Python, the popular ones. But they were also very fluent in a language called Go, which is a no longer used esoteric programming language that was developed by Google in 2007 and then pretty quickly abandoned, as Google tends to do. (laughs) Oh, Um, yeah. Add that to the... uh... And its only widely adopted use after it was kind of let go was in 2016. And in one specific place, Mariah's source code. So our journalist looks into Hosea White and Being like, this sure as fuck doesn't look like a, you sound like a coincidence, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He looks into our LELDOS members, Hosea White and Paris Ja, and he finds an interesting connection, which is that Paris Ja lists on his LinkedIn that he is very fluent in Go. You. Yeah. Dumbass. Now, I'm going to speed this story up a little bit. There is an article on Krebs on Security. It's a blog post titled, Who is Anna Senpai? The Mirai Worm Author. Please check that out if you're interested in the whole story. There's a lot more to it than that. He recruits a whole bunch of people and has them make fake names and then communicate with this guy. And it's a whole long story (laughs) that I won't get into because I would basically just be reading chat transcripts the entire time, which is, I I don't like when people just read like, this guy said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. So to do. Check out that. This why we have a podcast. So <laughs> yeah. We all have to do that. <laughs> check out this story if you're at all interested. But Krebs was able to pin a little bit more on Ja, and he dug up that he was involved in the Minecraft hosting business. Oh. Uh, and Ja is actually had a bunch of internet posts where he kind of came to the realization that there's more money to be made in protecting Minecraft servers from DDoS attacks than maintaining the server themselves. Oh, totally. I mean, that's what I was saying earlier with the like donations. Yeah, and, and they would they, you could also make money through like usage fees, and you yep. can sell in-game shit like tools and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So now, that makes what's a sense. better way to acquire customers that need protection? Than to show them that, that the protection is that, that extortion. <laughs> exactly. Oh. Krebs makes a very, very apt comparison to, oh, to the mob, right? Where it's like, oh yeah, literally protection. Yeah, like we'll yeah. we'll offer you protection, but if you go with them, then you're gonna have to fight us because we're gonna try to take your protection down. You know, yeah. that kind of thing. Oof. Now, there's one more thing to pin on Jaw. Krebs noticed that someone had been responsible for a series of DDoS attacks at Rutgers University. Oh, and like who, Rutgers uh, around us? Yeah, yeah, in New Jersey. Okay. Wow. And where Randall, computers can go anywhere? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and and so we go the back. So Even we, Rutgers. We go back to the LinkedIn page for Parish Jaw. Oh Where man. did he graduate? <laughs> Rutgers University. Uh, is this Camden, in New Brunswick? Do you know? Uh, it's uh, New Brunswick. It's New Brunswick. Yeah. I just love like putting all the people. This is just the most like who done it thing. <laughs> now someone had doxed Rutgers network while Jaw was a student there, and the attack was blamed on a hacker from oh. Turkey. So he tried it on his... And this docs came from a paste bin account who posted all the information of this hacker from Turkey that had taken down Rutgers. But our journalist, again, digs a little deeper and finds out that this paste bin account had also been used to pin another crime on one other person, a hacker forms user by the name of Lightspeed. L-I-T-E speed. Getting better. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Lightspeed, which we will find, is the handle for Hosea White. 
the other former ProTrap employee. Ooh. So he blamed it on his own friend? Getting our crew. Yes. Now. I like this. We're going to flash back. We're going to flash back a little bit. Okay. It turns out Kreb wasn't the only one on the trail of these people. So when was this unleashed on the the school's network? Is this still in 2016 or No, no, that was this like was years prior. I believe 2013. <laughs> Was when it was? 2013. Man, I wonder if we still had some friends in school at the time Actually, who were attending on. there. I mean, oh, sorry, 2015. Okay. Yeah, this guy is very young. But it turned out that Krebs was not the only one on the trail of these guys. Turns out the FBI was actually a little bit ahead of them. Obviously, they don't have a blog telling everybody what they're investigating, but they were a little bit ahead of him. What's because their handle? Also into extortion. <laughs> That's why they don't have a blog. <laughs> Is it really the FBI, or is that just their cool name? I was trying to think of a, a color that begins with F. Dude, oh, way ahead of you. Obviously, the Fuchsia Bullets International. <laughs> this Men in Black sequel sucks. Oh, you mean the, the Maroon in- Injection Bureau? <laughs> And this and the, the Brown Poison League. The FBI has a lot of teams <laughs> who are responsible for cyber crimes. Yeah. Who are investigating cyber crimes. Now that's cool. See the bad guys, which I mean the FBI, yes, they're also the bad guys. <laughs> they came up with a cool name for their division. It's true. Yes. And what's interesting is that um, they probably had more time to think about it. A man by the name of Elliot Peterson was responsible for very uncold for, <laughs> for running a lot of these teams. So I said, me and Chris are going to do this whole episode, just judge yeah. the names of everything. Uh, he had recently moved back to his hometown of Anchorage, Alaska, to lead a very small four-person team. But that's how many people live there. Yeah, this becomes very important because here's the thing. Alaska is very sparsely populated and yeah, also that was my burn. <laughs> also requires the internet. Yeah. Because it's very cold there and people don't want to go outside and they got to talk to people <laughs> so they use the internet to do that. Getting attacked by moose, um, watching the rooskies. <laughs> and because yeah. Um, because of this, it is a very unique place to take on investigations of DDoS attacks. I bet. Yeah. Because there's not a lot of, you know, if you were living in New York City and you're trying to find out whose computer was being used as a part of a botnet, you got millions of people to look through. But you're in Anchorage, Alaska, you got less it's, people Was to look it through. Phil or was it Don? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Quick, let's go to this one bar where they're all hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Damn it, it was Mark, the only guy in town with a computer. <laughs> the squad? Like, I'm just kidding, like Alaska. Yeah, I know. <laughs> the squad was it's able like, to mine. My parents went there. It's like beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because of data provided by the people that were DDoSed using the Mirai network, the squad was able to track down individual IPs of Mirai-infected IoT devices. They were able to narrow the list of IPs down to ones that existed in Alaska, and then they subpoenaed a local company, GCI, to provide names and addresses of people who owned these IPs and therefore owned these devices. All right, what do we got on the list? All right, it looks like we got a heater, an electric heater, an electric heater. All right, robotic snowblower. They then... Sentient snowblower. That's a Stephen King book, I think. Uh, he did do uh, Christine, and then was it Maximum Overdrive or something? Yeah. I don't remember. 
I'm trying to think of other snow devices. I don't have anything to contribute to the bit. Um, yeah, they got the usernames, addresses, actual names of all of the customers who had these IPs and were able to go to the customers and ask them if they could, I don't know, probably not ask them, probably just take their devices because it is the FBI. But yeah. they were able to acquire some of these devices that had been affected with the Bryant botnet. Now, the thing about Mirai... The FBI didn't get anywhere by asking for permission. Mirai, because these Internet of Things devices are kind of meant to be never really turned off, Yeah, your doorbell camera doesn't turn off. It's Always on all the listening. time. Your fridge doesn't turn off. It's on all the time. Your router doesn't turn off. It's on all the time. All right, now uh, we're all going to go home and unplug all our shit. It, yeah. So <laughs> Mirai ins- is able to install itself in the flash memory of your device, but if you turn off your device and turn it back on, Mirai's gone. However, Mariah is so good at scanning the internet that it only takes mere minutes for it to find your device again and reinstall itself. Creepy. So the FBI went to their offices in Anchorage, Alaska. They hooked up all of these devices that had been infected with Mariah, wiped it clean of Mariah, and then waited for them to be reinfected and scanned mm. to see if anything would come in and infect the, the devices. Which, again, Whatever. didn't take long. No. Matter of hours. Now, once Mirai was installed, the FBI was able to then trace these devices and the ports they were opening and the connections and the IPs they were connecting back to, to connect back to the main Mirai servers. Smart. From there, they got additional court orders to track down emails, cell phone numbers, and addresses associated with who owns this server. And the servers were owned by a French kid. A French kid who had a very long internet history of talking about anime. <laughs> Specifically, an anime named Mariah Nikki. Oh! With a character named Anna. If you weren't such a weeb dork, you might have gotten away with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> See, this is a, once again, naming conventions are really bad. Yeah. Turns he out also that... ran a fan site. <laughs> <laughs> this French oh, kid boy. might not have been so French. That might have been a front. He might have actually been a guy from New Jersey. Oh, home state name, represent. A guy by the name of Paris Ja. Ooh. <laughs> um, yeah, this led the FBI to three suspects whose pictures hung on their wall for months and were dubbed the Cub Scout Pack. <laughs> their names are... are t- right, they were doing good with Cybercrime Division. <laughs> they went downhill at that one. Yeah. <laughs> Um, their names, Paris Ja, Hosea White, and a new man who we've never met by the name of Dalton Norman. Dalton Norman. Now, names backwards, bro. <laughs> um, now, after Krebs publicly exposed them, people had went and like, okay, well, let's find this jaw guy and get him arrested. And it turns out the FBI had already questioned him and they already questioned his family. And he denied it. And his family said that they never saw him do anything like that, which I don't know how you would see a hacker well, doing their thing. But I've never seen him sit on a computer for hours writing code. I always thought he was playing solitaire. But the FBI did say, when we find this guy... He's going down. So let's say after the Krebs thing became public, a couple days later, at the advice of their lawyers, the three then pled guilty to the creation of the worm, some of the attacks, and the posting of the worm online, which also makes them partially responsible for all the other attacks committed. I don't have the exact number here, but I think the Mirai botnet in the years between a Wired article, where I got a lot of my story from that I was going to mention at the end, but... Between the writing of that and the creation of Mariah, it was used something like 16,000 times. 
Jeez. Um, but, but you can hold them responsible for everything in the den attack, essentially? I mean, you created it, right? I guess so. If you make a dirty bomb and then sell it to terrorists, that's a crime. Good point. Yeah. yeah. But if you make a gun and the uh, military buys it and uses it for war, you can't be charged <laughs> with a crime? <laughs> no. You cannot. I smell loopholes. <laughs> Now, he should have sold it to the government. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. They could have used it to DDoS Minecraft servers. And then, you know, no hard, no East foul. Just, yeah, now, <laughs> turns out, actually, I don't know if you knew this. until they called Osama Bin Laden. They DDoSed. <laughs> the government DDoSed his Minecraft server. Really? Yeah. And he was like, this bullshit. And then he threw it down and he went outside and they shot him. <laughs> I no, just pictured the end I, of Zero Dark I, Thirty, I, but he's playing Minecraft <laughs> like the night vision. Just <laughs> with the he <laughs> Sorry, Austin. What were you talking about? I don't remember anymore. No. Um. After. Uh, now it's important to note that Krebs again only pointed out the two. He pointed out Jaw, and he pointed out Hosea White. Well, the third guy was new, but, you yeah. know, if he didn't come forward with the other two and then they caught him, it would have been way worse for him, so... This is Dalton, Norman Dalton? Yeah. Okay. So, after the court documents were released, we, we know a lot more information about, more specifically him, but also the other two. It turns out that Jav wrote the code for the botnet to do its business. Good job. That's while, good code. Yeah. While you, Jose should, you should get, you know, awarded for what you do good. <laughs> yeah. While Hosea White ran the bot's infrastructure and server, as well as designing the scanner that it would use to infect devices. Also impressive. And Norman, yeah. who, again, had not been called out by Cribs and was unknown until the court documents were released, had apparently been working with the two to help identify the zero-day exploits they used to attack all the devices that they infected. If you don't know what a zero-day exploit it is, it's basically like the company who made the thing patched it out, but you don't update your shit, so it's an exploit that they can use for people who don't update their shit properly. Update I your mean, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but it's so annoying. <laughs> and they each received no jail time. Five years wow. probation, 2,500 hours of community service, okay. and were fined $127,000 of restitution. So when you say probation... Technically, all they did was just hurt a couple of Loggini boys. <laughs> they really didn't do that much. Does that mean, like, they, they weren't allowed to uh, use computers? Like, in the movie Hackers, or is that totally... Maybe, I don't know. Yeah, like... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, maybe, maybe they... They're no longer allowed to play Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> maybe they, like, strictly monitored their internet, like... Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they probably. They, well, I they know that. Well, I know they did. Well, they they, they're still lying now. But I just more mean and then like John Travolta says, "Wait a second, I have a job for you, the world's most handsome hacker, Hugh Jackman." <laughs> yeah, what? the casting in that movie. <laughs> Wait, but, what movie is that? Sword Swordfish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm referencing the only two movies about hacking. I bet I, oh, sorry, three: Skyfall, <laughs> yeah. Swordfish. I bet there's one clip from hackers. Swordfish that you've probably seen. I have not. I know what you're talking about, though. <laughs> Paid a lot of money for that. I wonder if, if like, authorities were, like, screen sharing his, like... Yeah, like, they're, yeah, they're, they're just, just in an office they're just somewhere. Watching, and, they're just watching yeah. him. Lol, this guy's still doing this. <laughs> yeah. So, back to my original question from the beginning. We know that Parrish Jaw, Jose White, and Dalton Norman created Mirai. 
But who used Mariah to bring down the internet on that October day? Well, I hate to break it to you. The podcast is over because the truth is we don't know. No. <laughs> and we probably never will. Those uh, DIN perpetrators are still out there. A lot of groups, including Anonymous, have tried to take credit for the attack. Others say that it was a gamer Shh. who was mad that he got banned from the PSN and tried to take down the PSN, accidentally taking down the whole internet. <laughs> But what we do know is that Minecraft may have changed gaming as we know it, but it also flipped the cybersecurity world on its head and paved the way for the Internet's biggest nuclear-level disaster to date. Fuck yeah! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, second biggest nuclear-level disaster after Notch. Boom. <laughs> I was going to say, all because one guy decided, this world won't have sex with me. I'm going to build my own world. <laughs> yeah, man, we went this whole episode without making fun of that. He's fat. Fat, racist, sexist idiot. Let's not call Is him fat. Racist? That's his most redeeming quality. I know a lot of good fat <laughs> people. True. Can we make fun of his candy wall or his choice of hat wear? You don't have to. Nas makes fun of himself. That's why yeah. you, don't have to, you don't have to call him out. But yeah, that's our story. We can still today. call him out for being a piece of shit. Yes, no, that I meant we don't have to <laughs> make jokes. That's crazy. It's that's too a crazy easy, I guess. story. Yeah, it's... I like the whole. It feels very spy novelly. Yeah, yeah, and I like the way you pace that those reveals. Yeah. <laughs> it's like listening uh, to an ocean so movie. Yeah. All of my sources. There is a lot more incidental information. If yeah, you're I very, if you're very interested in it, all of our sources will be on our website. But the two articles I would like to call out specifically is a Wired article by Garrett M. Graff called How a Dorm Room Minecraft Scam Brought Down the Internet. <laughs> That's um, good. And also, Krebs' own blog, which I mentioned earlier, Krebs on Security, Who is Anna Senpai, the Mariah Worm author. Cool. Yeah. And yeah, that's it. Right on. Thanks for listening. We appreciate everybody listening. If yes. you want to listen to more, we have a huge back catalog of episodes. We just got done doing all of our three-part game of the year coverage <laughs> on the yeah. Game Awards. Yes. You can check that out and more at our website, hotbuttoncast.com. And on that website, you can find links to where to subscribe on Spotify, YouTube, Google Play, Any, anywhere really. iTunes, yeah. pretty much any podcast service. You can keep an eye on social media for any upcoming information we have about our podcast, and we share a bunch of funny clips and stuff on there. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Hot Button Cast. Yeah, we kind of realized that this is uh, our last episode of the year, so we, we're kind of, this is the end of our 2019. Kind of content. Our first and, full year of podcasting. Yeah, and when we go, when we get into 2020, that means we'll have had. Well, that wouldn't be three years, but it's, it'll be across three years. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but thank you, everybody, for keeping us doing what we're doing, and I think we got some exciting stuff coming in store. So yeah, thanks if everything a lot. goes right. It really means a lot. Obviously, we do this because it's fun, but it's cool to have people listen. And uh, any feedback, don't be quiet. We'd yeah. love to hear from you. Please. And thank you, Jason, sound guy, yes. for helping us record. All of his hard work. Setting up and doing probably what I think is the best podcast editing in history. I think <laughs> it is so good. Anybody That's who why does I feel a so bad giving him shit. This should <laughs> hire him to do their work. Yes. And pay him a lot of money because he deserves it. I guess We're broke. the only other thing we'd say is you're right, close out the year. We've looked at what we've learned and what we like about the show and what we don't like about the show and ready to make some changes come the new year. So keep it out. Keep it keep it out. Keep it out. That's what we say here. <laughs> 
keep an eye out or an ear out because you can't see podcasts. It's an audio medium. And we'll be changing the format a little bit. We're not going to go too specifically, but our bigger stories might move to every other week. But it doesn't mean we're going to move to bi-weekly. We're still going to put out content every week. Yes. We just decided to do something new in the off weeks, and it's going to be really cool. And This will give us more time to research the bigger stories and yes. make yeah. them more in-depth. They'll have, not that we don't do a lot of work, but if we can be a little more relaxed about our deadlines, we can put in better work. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and Completely. the stuff we're putting out in the meantime will be not any less equitable. It'll be just as interesting, yeah. just as cool, and It'll I hope you like what we do. Cool. Yeah. So thanks for listening. Yes. So, yeah, we don't have the exact details of what that is going to be hammered out quite yet, but keep an eye on those social media, as I mentioned, because I'm sure once those details are hammered out or once those off-week things come out, you'll be able to see them through yeah. there. So. We'll see you all in 2020. Yeah. Happy New Year. <laughs>